So tell me, what does the voice sound like in your head? When you're having a bad day, do you say nice things to yourself? Do you say kind things to yourself? Most people don't. And I would say, especially men seem to be particularly good at being hard on themselves and not being particularly kind to themselves. Speaking from my own personal experience, I would say that being kind to yourself as a dad in particular is probably one of the harder areas to apply this skill. Not just in terms of my own experience, but the experience I've seen observing other people. This episode is really inspired by a number of conversations I've had recently and some observations I've seen in myself and as well observations I've seen. I follow a number of Facebook groups where dads help other dads. People post problems, difficulties they're facing in their daily life, problems they're having with their families. And over and over, I just see people being so hard on themselves and so hard on each other. Dads being critical of each other in a group where people are, are there to help each other out. And I just think that if you have people who are outwardly saying these things to each other where they're not really taking into account the sort of internal struggles that we all face when we go through problems, they're not really giving people the benefit of the doubt, I think a lot of us do that kind of thing to ourselves. And I think a lot of us do that kind of thing to ourselves a lot worse even than we might consider ever doing to a stranger. I think as dads especially, we just so desperately want to do a good job. Having a kid is just so deeply tied up in our evolution and what makes us human. And so, you know, you're very, very motivated intrinsically to want to be a good parent and to take the best possible care of your children that you can. And so any kind of threat to that, any any sign that you may not be, you know, fulfilling these roles, these ideas of the, the perfect father that a lot of people have, that a lot of people are told they need to live up to, it's just far too easy to get so, so down on yourself. And you really don't need to. And this is a skill that I'm actively trying to practice now. And so today on The Resilient Father, given that uh, a lot of this podcast is going to be me sharing things that I'm actively working on, sharing ideas that I'm actively working on, trying things out for myself. Today's episode is on a topic which some might find a little bit airy-fairy. Some might jokingly call kumbaya or, you know, over-the-top embracing of feelings at the cost of sacrificing strength. But I assure you that this skill, and it is a skill, is in fact an evidence-based technique. If you look at the psychological research, it's something that is incredibly powerful and again, simple and free to use to help improve yourself. And it's something I feel like I need today. So here we go. Self-compassion. Yeah, I'm resilient. Won't get caught up in my woes. I just do it for those ten tiny fingers and toes. So this episode is a little more off the cuff, and I'll tell you why. It's been a bit of a crazy week, a bit of a long week. Uh, not a lot of sleep going around. My one son is recovering from a cold, and he just is up all night coughing, constantly having us come in, needing us for different things. 
Uh, and then our other son is still in the process of learning how to sleep on his own through the night. And so we've been, you know, woken up many times by him crying, also wanting us, needing us. So there really isn't a lot of time in the evenings and the nighttime for, you know, what I would call deep, restful sleep. And when you don't get that, it just, it screws with your mind. You don't feel good. I'm going to cover some things that maybe we can do to handle sleep deprivation uh, in another episode. I need to compile a little more information on that, and I really want to actually try some of them out for myself before I start talking about them. But this skill is something I think I can just jump in and kind of go off of, off the cuff. Like I said, I recently had a really good conversation with a good friend of mine, a former guest, Mr. Andrew Giosto, and that's going to be airing as well in the near future. But one of the things that we talked about was self-compassion and how dads especially seem to really struggle sometimes with being able to be kind and compassionate to themselves. And as I said in the intro, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat guilty of that. In fact, I would say I'm uh, very guilty of that. Today I'm tired. I'm back at work after paternity leave. I'm feeling really bad for my wife because she's having to adjust to having both kids on her own uh, without me being there to help take care of them. I can see that she's down and struggling, but I mean, I'm having a tough day too. And so it's very difficult to kind of bring my full self to being a parent and being a supportive husband. And then, you know, on top of that, had a pretty nice sort of uh, two-year-old style meltdown tonight over, I don't even remember what, but you know, it's one of those things where your your child is just so tired and so dysregulated that there's no reasoning with them. There's no bargaining with them. There's no, there's no nothing. They're just, they're going to scream at you until they go to bed and, and are able to kind of calm down a little bit. And normally, well, I would say more so lately, I've been able to really kind of stay present and, and be supportive of my son and, and be kind to him. But yeah, I just, I had no energy. I was so, so tired. I was so burnt out at the end of the day that when he kind of went into that mode, I just, oh, I just couldn't take it. I, I was shutting down on him. I was, I was getting quite irritable. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything towards him that I, I regretted or, or felt bad about. Um, but I, I definitely wasn't, you know, like super kind of kind and compassionate to him. And then, you know, very quickly that turns into anger towards yourself. You get really mad because you're not able to regulate yourself and, and be there and show up in the full capacity that you want. And, Something that I hear dads say over and over again is how badly they want to be the rock. They want to be the provider. They want to be a guy who can step up and be there for everybody, be there for their kids, be, you know, a strong figure who's always around to help out, to provide what's needed. And then on top of the sort of, that's the traditional masculine family values, there's now in our modern society also um, massively increased pressure and, and rightfully increased pressure, but still increased pressure to also perform more family duties. So a lot of men on top of the sort of pressure to provide also feel a lot of pressure to be as supportive as possible as they can to their wife, because we're really starting to acknowledge now the struggles that women go through when they have children, you know, their bodies end up being sacrificed, their hormones go through much more significant changes than we do. A lot of times they have to sacrifice sleep a lot more than we do. 
And so another big narrative that's coming out around fatherhood and, and this idea of what you have to do to be a good dad and a good husband is to be an emotional support for others, to be there showing up for your wife, showing up for your kids. So I think when you combine those two things, you combine this sort of more traditional masculine ideals of maintaining strong and maintaining emotionally resilient in the face of problems and being a, a strong provider. And then you have sort of the newer pressure of also needing to be a supportive person for your wife, a supportive person for your child, someone who's actively involved and engaged in nurturing your family. I think when you combine those two things together and you experience a threat to those two things where maybe you feel like you aren't providing as well as you can, maybe you feel like you're not as strong as you'd like to be, maybe you feel like you're not showing up for your spouse or you're not being the kind of kind, caring, nurturing father that you really want to be, man, that brings you down hard. And it brings you down fast. And I've noticed, at least in myself, and I think a lot of other people might be able to potentially relate, it really changes your behavior. It really changes how you show up in the world, at least for myself. The second those thoughts start to creep in that, you know, you're doing a bad job, you're screwing something up, you're not showing up in the way that you need to, it almost creates like a self-fulfilling prophecy where feeling those feelings actually makes you end up behaving more like the way that you don't want to. It's a paradox, but I've just seen it over and over again in myself and over and over again in other people. Now, thankfully, there is a very powerful way that you can counteract this problem, and it is through the power of self-compassion. Now, I'm a psychotherapy student. I'm knee-deep in feeling your emotions, learning how to properly process feelings, you know, go into these deep, dark spaces with people. And even for me, there's something about the idea of just being kind to yourself and being compassionate towards yourself, that's hard to want to accept, hard to want to apply. It's just, there's this deeply innate thing where people, you know, you tell them like, you got to be, you got to be kind to yourself. And they're like, oh, no way. You know, they'll be very kind to others. They'll be very understanding of other people's situations. But when it comes to their own shortcomings, their own failures, people will tell you they feel like they have to beat themselves up. Or at the very least, they'll tell you that when they're in the moment and they're not doing well, they can't help but feel very hard on themselves and very down on themselves. So it's not the easiest topic to bring up. It's not the easiest thing to think about or, or really even believe that you deserve, especially when you're having a bad time. But I think maybe I can convince you and maybe even convince myself because I've been doing a little bit of digging into the psychological research, as I like to do. And it's pretty compelling, pretty compelling. There is a lot of studies out there that very clearly show a strong association between people who are compassionate towards themselves and positive mental health. There are a lot of different ways you can sort of measure this association, measure how the impact of being more self-compassionate can improve your mental health. But just broadly speaking, people who are self-compassionate are generally happier, generally able to approach and deal with problems. They experience overall higher rates of life satisfaction, overall higher rates of happiness, lower instances, and lower overall severity of mental illness. Really just as a whole, although the mechanisms aren't completely understood as to how exactly this benefits us, uh, it's very clear that people who are kind and compassionate towards themselves are pretty much happier and better off across the board. And they don't lose anything for having done it. And it just 
intuitively makes sense. If you're trying to make somebody feel better, if you're trying to get them to act in the way that you want, if you're trying to help them be a better version of themselves, most people I think would agree it's not usually super effective to yell at people. There's a place for shame, there is a place for kind of punishing others, but for the most part, if you really think about the times when you yourself have been motivated to change, or if you really think about the times that you've seen other people motivated to change, most really good quality positive change that people want for themselves in their lives comes from positive feelings. You know, you've been beating yourself up probably for a long time, and I'd have to ask you, how is it working for you? If beating yourself up is your method for getting yourself to change, is it working? And if not, have you tried being self-compassionate? And if not, why not give it a shot? I'm going to give it a shot. And I will follow up and check in next week as to how I'm doing and some of the insights that I've gained from engaging in this process. So how do you actually do this? There are psychological techniques that you can learn. I'm not going to cover them in this episode, but there are things if you want to look them up, such as loving-kindness meditation is an evidence-based method of achieving this. There's also something called mindfulness self-compassion. A number of books have been written on that that you can look up. Also an evidence-based form of psychological intervention. But really, it doesn't have to be complicated. The key is just noticing. Just begin to pay attention to yourself. Notice when you're having a bad day. Notice when you're having a bad time. Whether it's legitimate or not, whether you're, you know, getting down on yourself for no reason, or whether you're going through something that is just legitimately really difficult experience in your life, either way, you're allowed to be compassionate towards yourself through that. Just notice it happening. Catch yourself being hard on yourself. Catch yourself realizing that something has changed, that your mood has gone downhill, that you're more angry, that you're more anxious, that you're not sleeping as well, whatever it is. And instead of trying to fight it, trying to claw at your well-being, trying to beat yourself up to change or be better, just acknowledge it. Just say, this is hard. And, you know, that's okay. Pretend like you're talking to someone that you would want to comfort. You know, what would you say to your child who was going through something like this? Or a vulnerable loved one? It's pretty rare that people would be overtly mean in a situation like that, and yet they'll gladly do it to themselves. And it's not going to be easy to change. This is something that's pretty innate, something that, again, even I as a somewhat experienced mental health professional struggle to, you know, implement in my daily life. More and more I've been intrigued by this concept compelled to try it, and really just felt better when I worked towards applying it on myself. It's not a quick fix. It's not going to just instantly make you feel amazing and take away everything that you're going through. But it's better than suffering. It's better than going through something hard and then suffering on top of that as you beat yourself up. So there you go. Evidence-based, scientifically supported, and free and easy to learn, which as we all know is my favorite kind of thing. So what do you say? Give it a try with me. I'll try it myself and we'll check back in next week. I want to thank you for listening. Like I said, this was a short one. It's a little more off the cuff, not as well researched and put together as I like, but it's been a rough week and I want to be honest about that. So 
I think this is something that's been really valuable for me to think about and hopefully something that's valuable for you to hear about and, and try out for yourself. As always, feel free to check out my Instagram, The Resilient Father, my YouTube channel where I share some of these techniques in a slightly different format, The Resilient Father. And if you have any questions, comments, ideas for episodes, things you'd like to share, discuss with me, please feel free to email me at theresilientfather at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and take care of yourself, Dad. Every time it rains, it rains pennies from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains pennies from heaven? Mm-hmm. You'll find your fortune falling all over town. Be sure your umbrella is up, 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 upside down and trade it for a package of sunshine and flowers. If you want the things you love, you must have the showers, baby. So when you hear the thunder, don't run under a tree. There'll be pennies from heaven for you and me.